Welcome to the Just Off Glen podcast with your host, Christy Alexander, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and change makers. Just Off Glen. Hi, I'm Christy Alexander. Thank you for joining us here, Just Off Glen, for another conversation highlighting the people in our region doing such amazing things to make this community a place we all want to call home. I'm having a blast meeting many new faces and sharing with you all the different ways people are investing in our region. I'm grateful for all of my guests who are willing to sit down with me week after week, and I appreciate the outpouring of support from all of you listeners out there. Please keep those emails coming. Let me know who you think should be on this podcast and what questions you have for our upcoming guests. You're generous with your reviews, and I can't thank you enough because the reviews are what help us stay on the air, and they're how other people can find us and be part of what we're doing. So thank you again very much. Today, I'm joined by Bill Collins. Bill and I are meeting for the first time today, so this is going to be really exciting. He is currently Ward 2 Councilman here in the city of Glens Falls, and he's seeking the mayor's seat in our upcoming election. But public service is not all that is keeping Bill so busy. So get comfortable, grab a cup of coffee or an iced tea if it's warm out today and you're listening, and let's get to know Bill Collins together. Bill, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm honored that you're here today. <laughs> and when Jim Clark was on the podcast, we chatted a bit behind the scenes, and he said that you and he grew up together sure. in this region. And uh, I can't wait to find out what kind of trouble you guys Well, he's, he was a little younger than I, so we <laughs> didn't really hang out much. But yes, we definitely both are Glens Falls High School alumni, for sure. That's exciting. We're looking forward <laughs> to hearing about your stories. So um, first, really, we what we want to know is if money and age were not an issue, what top three things would be on your bucket list? Oh, my bucket list. I'd love to go skydiving. Um, I would, jeez, uh, let's see. Money and age aren't a thing. I, I'd love to be, I would when I was young, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. And so I think I'd, I'd play a few soccer games. Maybe be on Fun. a World Cup team would be great. There you so go. There's two, <laughs> right? Skydiving, World Cup team. Oh, I. Uh, let's see. Money and age are not a thing. Uh, I'd love to have a home on Lake George. Oh, wouldn't that be dreamy? <laughs> yeah. Wow, now you're speaking my yeah, language. Well, when you say what money and age don't mean a thing, I, it's it's tough because I've worked in human services my whole life, so money has always been a concern. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what world does that exist That's in? Right. That's fun. Excellent. Well, um, I would like to know a little bit about you and your position as Ward 2 Councilman. I'd mm -hmm. like to know, um, and I'm sure our listeners what is would like to know as well where did that all begin where did your desire for public service begin well it's funny um my family was involved in public service and i really had no interest in it whatsoever um my father ran uh, with a group of other local people ran bobby kennedy's senate seat when he ran for off new york state senator back uh, wow. the, the same seat that hillary clinton um uh, had years later. So um, my father was involved with that, and uh, and Senator Kennedy came back to Glens Falls after the election and, 
And my father was appointed postmaster with a, a, a position that he had held until he passed away in 1988. Um, and before that, uh, my father was on the board of county supervisors, Warren County Board of Supervisors. My grandfather okay. was on the Warren County Board of Supervisors. My grandmother was on the uh, Alice Collins from the East End in Glens Falls. Uh, I believe she was the first woman county supervisor in Warren County. I'm not sure of that, but that's the that's what we're saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so a- safe to say, this is in your blood. <laughs> it, it is, and I've always loved public speech. But I really never paid attention to politics, local, national at all. Unlike Jim Clark, who who really had his set in political science and went to right. college for that, right. was always had an eye on it, I believe. And, and what a great public servant he is. Um, yes. I really uh, had not uh, had any desire to do that. I I went to, to high school here in Glens Falls. I I had a soccer scholarship that I promptly lost um, outside of Chicago when I was 1983. Um, I I drank. Uh-oh. I say Sounds I drank like my way out of that there. soccer oh, scholarship. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was not a very serious student. I came back here and graduated from SUNY uh, Adirondack, and then went up to Plattsburgh and graduated with a bachelor's degree in psychology. Um, I was planning on going back and getting my master's and my PhD in psychology. I didn't really have the grades and I was um, hoping to go unmatriculated to UVM. And my uh, my father passed away uh, the year I graduated from college, and my mother was sick with Alzheimer's. Oh. And I figured I will stay at home. My my sister was a nurse, and we decided to uh, keep my mom home here. Uh, I grew up right on Ridge Street, uh, two eighty one Ridge. Uh, and decided to stay home for a while. Okay. And that's with a degree in psychology, a bachelor's degree in psychology, was my first uh, job working for Essex County ARC, way up in Scroon Lake. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and because I had a bachelor's degree, I was managing a, a residential program for people with developmental disabilities, fell in love with it, never really had... Um, I. I jokingly say um, that people, uh, when when you work with people with disabilities, I say this a lot in Special Olympics because I've been employed with Special Olympics the last 18 years, that people uh, will look at you and say, oh, you must be so kind and and, cons- and I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm not that nice. I just, I fell in love with it. Uh, it's, a, it's a great um, an avocation that became a career. I, I just, um, as I worked with people with disabilities up in, in in Scroon Lake. Then I, I also was a house parent in a boys group home in Johnstown for a couple years. Okay. Um, I worked here in Glens Falls for CWI. I ran some residential and day habilitation programs for them. And and then 18 years ago, I uh, got a job and there's very few of them at Special Olympics New York. So Special Olympics New York's the largest uh, amateur sports organization in, in Special Olympics is the largest in the world. And New York is the sixth largest program in the world. There's 68,000 Special Olympics athletes in New York State. And I have the honor of being the uh, director of training and competition for New York State. And so... I never planned on it. I love it, um, but uh, you know, I we've struggled to get by. Uh, my wife uh, it used to run uh, the shoe depot many years ago down in Saratoga. In Saratoga, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. She worked there for many years, and as we we had three sons, and it became apparent that. Um, that it wasn't worth it for her to, after paying for two child kids care. in childcare, yeah. uh, to yeah. do it. So she stayed at home, and uh, and I worked for Special Olympics and a lot of travel there. Uh, 
And then I started a screen printing business just to make extra money to to keep uh, to keep us with a roof over our head. Okay. And we bought a house here in Glens Falls. Uh, um, geez, now 20, 20, 28 years ago. Twenty wow. years ago. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So yeah. you've been <laughs> you've been around here for a while, yeah. and uh, you did find that uh, that heart of of uh, compassion and service at a young age when uh, um, it sounds like uh, you didn't go looking for it, but it came looking for you. For absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No great plan. It just, yeah. it just happened. Uh, and, and special Olympics is, is if that's not, it's the best not for profit that, um, that I think there is. I mean, it's amazing. Their, their money, their mission, um, they do nothing more than, than help people with intellectual disabilities train and compete in the sports they love. So 22 year round sports. We brought the state games to Glens Falls, uh, nice. about five years ago and, okay. and we're due back this October. Um, we don't know if that's going to happen with COVID. Everything has been shut down right now. Athletes can only train or compete in groups of 10 or less and that's very difficult uh, right. to do that's counting coaches and athletes so that's where that is um and again i i have a screen printing business i design and print a line of of irish themed clothing that i sell across the country in nice. my spare time i like to yeah, say yeah, your spare time. <laughs> so you would ask me about uh, how did i get into politics so i had no real desire uh, at all and it was mayor Diamond, who approached me a little over 10 years ago and asked me, said that he had an open seat and on the Board of Public Safety. And um, I didn't even really know Mayor Diamond that well, Okay. Um, but was honored that he asked. And again, my, I talked about my family. My grandfather was the captain of the lifelong police officer here in Glens Falls. And oh, I was wow. actually named, at him, uh, my, named after him. My, my name really isn't Bill Collins. It's <laughs> Sullivan William Collins. And, okay. Uh, Sullivan was, uh, Fleur Sullivan was a captain of the Glens Falls Police Department for 30 some odd years until he passed away in like 1963. Wow. So I said, yes, I would, I would love to try. And so after three years of being on the board of, uh, Public Safety, which helps oversee the police and fire department hiring and, and budgets and, and policies, um, uh, safety uh, operations. Um, I, I fell in love with it. Uh, I, I love the fact that the politics in Glens Falls had not become so divisive. Even though I wasn't involved, I was able to see what Mayor Diamond was doing with the Common Council. Uh -huh. um, a longtime friend, Judy Villa White, who now works for the city. Who is amazing. Department Love of Personnel. Her. Yeah, the head of the <laughs> personnel department. But at the time, Judy was the second ward councilman. And okay. she had reached her term limits. I didn't I don't know if you're aware of that, but mm -hmm. Glens Falls City has term limits yes. for their service. Yeah. So Judy was could uh, served her eight years and was done and and I think it was Mayor Diamond who again said to me, "Would you like to? Would you like to run? I think we could use you." And um, with great apprehension, um, <laughs> I said yes. And it was ended up being one of the best moves I've ever made. So. That's amazing. Well, nothing great comes of sitting in our comfort zones, <laughs> yes, right? right? Nothing great at all. We well, got to step outside of that. My wife made me promise to stop saying yes without talking to her oh. first. So I, <laughs> because again, a full-time job that required statewide travel. Uh -huh. And then I, I have this t-shirt business that, that I, uh, we sell Irish and Scottish shirts across the country. Right. Uh, uh, and so I was on the road for that and okay, my kids you were, were okay. still in high school at the time and 
And so it's a lot. Um, it is I, a I lot. I think the Postar yeah. said something when they endorsed me um, the first time I ran. They said, um, we, we, we like Bill Collins and we go with the old maximum. If you find somebody, uh, you need something done, find the busiest person in the room. And that's why they supported my, my running. So yeah, I, you there was a compliment in there level. somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that story. And, and um, Mayor Diamond was instrumental in uh, getting a couple of individuals into public service. And I, I think that uh, um, our current mayor, yes, sure. uh, in our podcast, we had discussed that. So yeah. he, he played a role, a role in Mayor Hall. Becoming, oh, absolutely. So between... He was councilman and then... He was, and, and Mayor Diamond had a way of seeing things in people maybe they didn't even see in themselves. I, I don't know that Dan, um, uh, Dan's a close friend of mine. I mm-hmm. I print some clothing for them at Hallware, and okay. so we had been friends for a long time. And um, so I there are three people that have most um, helped uh, mentor me, if you will. Um, Jack Diamond, Dan Hall, and Ed Bartholomew. And it's funny when I, when I agreed to run, um, for the second ward seat, uh, Mayor, uh, Mayor Diamond said, well, come in and I'll sit down with you. Cause I'd never done anything like that before. And I said, I don't even know what to do. Right. And he said, he said, well, come in, we'll, we'll help you out. And so I go in, I think I'm meeting with, um, Mayor Diamond and who's sitting there, but Ed Bartholomew. And he was like, here's what you do, you know, Mm -hmm. knock on every door, knock on Democrats and Republicans, anybody who's voted, knock on their door, shake their hand and tell them that you're that you're running for office and you'd like their vote. And uh, it was a it was a great advice. Um, And it's then I started hearing what people's real concerns were. I guess they were very similar to mine. I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay any more taxes. Right. right? I I can't. I uh, being working two jobs. (laughs) I I was like, I, you know, and so it was things like that. Clean water, the environment. Um, So. That's that's how it all how it all got started. I yeah. love that. That's fantastic. Another another icon, Ed Bartholomew, instrumental in in so many people's lives. You know, it's that kind of community that um, many of us are now coming together and, and working to build. And and certainly there are those who've gone before us, but. WorkSmart really wants to be instrumental in bringing together those individuals that have the ability to see potential in others, whether it be as a business owner or a public servant, because that is just fantastic when somebody can look at you and say, I see potential and I'll mentor you. Um, I'll allow you to shadow me. I'll be the support that you need. But I don't think that this this thing, this quality that you possess should go to waste. And I, I see, you know, a tremendous benefit to this region. Well, and it helps you because you don't, I mean, I think there's probably people out there every day who don't think they can handle, um, something, uh, a new project. I, I, uh, if you, I think that somebody approached me about, um, four or five years ago. Now it would have been before my second term, uh, it, it may have been Will Doolittle at the Post R, or maybe it was, um, oh, he just retired, uh, Gordon Woodworth. Okay, One yeah. of them asked me if I was uh, going to run for mayor, and I said, no, no, no. 
not me. I'm not, you know, and he said, why? And I said, well, I just, you know, it's a huge job. There's so many pieces to it. And the budget alone scares me to death. Sure. And, um, and it's only through the last uh, four years of working with the council. And, and the whole atmosphere is what convinced me now about a year ago to run right it was, it's the atmosphere it's there there is no politics in the city of glens falls i i know that there's people who don't uh, who don't necessarily agree with me we were accused of of being political um uh, when we passed the protest law a couple years ago mm-hmm. or a year ago and and nothing i i tried to tell them nothing could i i couldn't care less if you're a republican or a democrat or for president trump or against none of that it simply doesn't matter we needed to pass a law that made it safe for people to peacefully protest right and there was intimidation going on on both sides that we needed to make sure that people and that the businesses that were down here weren't suffering from it that people could could gather and 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 uh cheese the old uh crosby stills nash you know mostly say hooray for our side i believe that that's mostly what was happening but there were a lot of people saying it with a bullhorn yelling at other people and we needed to implement some things uh the the police chief had come to us and said, you know, we need to do something. This is getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, people thought that, that we had a, a view, like that we we wanted to either quiet one side or not quiet the other. And sure. it just isn't the case. That um, wasn't the motivation. No. no. Jim Clark and I are probably the most two politically opposite people you'll ever meet. He did say that. Did he say that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's hysterical. I mean, I, I, I said when we ran... Um, as a unity ticket four years ago. So three Democrats and three Republicans that were in office running for a second term said, we are going to forget about what party we're in. Mm -hmm. We're going to support each other in this run. And um, there were people in my own party. I'm a Democrat. I've been my whole life proud to be a a Democrat um, uh, who said, um, you know, you would this person is a Republican. Like, oh my goodness, they're a Republican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, this person served the city for four years right next to me, mm-hmm. and the word Republican or Democrat has never come across their lips or mine. Right. So I don't know what you're talking If you can show me a Democrat who has that experience, then I'd consider them. Right. And right. they didn't have one. And so I didn't. And, uh, and that was, it, it was a tough spot on both. I think most of both political parties, the, the local committees struggled with it because they're about party. Right. And, and right. it's once you're in, it makes no difference. This right. is about what sidewalks do we pave? This is about what streets do we pave? How do we, yeah. how do we make sure our water is safe? How do we keep For our people. taxes down? Yeah. For I mean, the people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's one thing I've definitely come to appreciate as a business owner owner in the city of Glens Falls. Um, I've been attending uh, planning board meetings and common council meetings long before I was a business owner. It's just a a curiosity of mine and (laughs) an interest of mine to see the inner workings of the city. And one thing that's been a resounding thread through all of this is the ability to look at the circumstances, the situations, the conflicts, um, even the applications and see 
people. These, this isn't an application for a curb cut. This is a person that needs something. Can we deliver? Are there any restrictions to that? Let's look at this. Let's let's try to get this approved. Yeah. And, and what's, even, what's in the protest the was no exception to that. Is what's best for everybody involved. What's best for this community. And and that's the way you guys operate. You step forward to do what's in our best interest. And I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. It's it's been a it's um it, it's funny because you're always going to have people that are upset and you got yes. multiple people yeah. and so your question is what's best for the city not yeah. what's and and I I'm right now I'm the second ward councilman I'm supposed to be advocating for for people in the second ward and but in the end it's it's about like very rarely is there an issue that's good for the second ward but bad for the right. third right? <laughs> right um and it's more of what's the right thing to do and right. and every one of them never once has there been a political um debate in private or in public and right. it's what a what a amazing thing that is right it is it really is <laughs> i don't think it was planned again but um it's been it's been a pleasure that's awesome that's so great to hear um so i'm i'll be honest i'm not super familiar with special olympics mm -hmm. so i would love for you to break down for myself and our listeners what does a day-to-day -day look like in your position? And, you know, how does Glens Falls play a role in that? And further, if there are listeners in our community that want to be involved, can you tell us how to be involved? Sure. So uh, let me start with the the, the easiest first. Um, anybody can, anybody who has an intellectual disability who's eight years old or older can be involved in Special Olympics and compete, train and compete in up to 22 year-round sports free of charge. All they need to go is to specialolympicsny.org and, and register. They need a medical and a consent. And then we try to help them find a coach who's a volunteer that's that's trained to help them coach in those sports uh the thing that's most misunderstood about special olympics is that it's it's sincere credible sports training and competition um meaning that people win and people lose and people mm -hmm. get disqualified okay and and for a good reason we know that um that people who with intellectual disabilities who train and compete in sports are five times more likely to get a job and independent live independently in the mm -hmm. community right. because of their participation because they they learn things my uh, friend in in long island sean o'rourke said if i can train for 18 weeks for a marathon i can do just about anything right and uh, <laughs> I can tell you that um, that is uh, that is what it's all about. So we are different, though. We division uh, athletes by not just by age and gender, like every other sports organization, but also by ability. Sure. So here I am, a fat old guy who takes <laughs> uh, a long time to run a hundred meters. What Special Olympics would do is they might combine gender and age groups to find a group of people that would run the 100 meters at my pace okay. so that we have equal opportunity. We stop right. on that line to win. I've got a shot to win, but if I cross over the line and I impede another runner, I'm going to get disqualified. Okay. And I'm going to learn that lesson from that defeat. Right. That there's a ton that's been done. You know, I say to you things like three strikes and 
You're out. You're out. And that's true for everyone. Right. And there's life lessons in that. Sometimes we train, we get better, and we get our butts kicked. And right. that is, those things are really important. And, and I think that they become more important for many people with intellectual disabilities because of the lack of other opportunities in other areas of their lives. So if you understand that's what it's about, my job is the statewide director. I've, I've been with them for 18 years. I used to be the director of outreach um, and go across the state and promote Special Olympics programs. Um, during my tenure as director of outreach, we grew from about 44,000 athletes to 62,000 athletes. Wow. Uh, it's a little nuts. Uh, um, there's less than 60 employees in the entire state. Uh, Special Olympics is almost completely driven by and and supported by volunteers. Uh, last year, That's well, wonderful. two years ago, there was over 40,000 volunteers in that single year in New York Special Olympics. Uh, 400 competitions, 68,000 athletes, insane. Uh, you'd never start a sports program that way. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, there are small college programs that have more employees than Special Olympics does, but it but it is, is meaningful and changes and my my job is to help make sure that we are um, certifying and educating coaches correctly um, that our competitions are being run correctly um, we have regional staff in every region of the state I travel there and and another big piece of what I do is the state games I make sure that our that our state games are the largest most prominent candle on the cake so to speak okay. and and so I work with an uh, the director of volunteer management a, a lady named Stacy a and we we look at communities and communities put in bids just like an Olympic okay. uh, it's yeah. much smaller obviously than than say the Olympics but uh, communities put in bids um, and usually it's it's cities the size of Syracuse Rochester uh, Buffalo right mm-hmm. um, the summer games this year were supposed to be at Ithaca College about okay. 1500 athletes at a, at a summer games winter games were supposed to be in Syracuse about 800 athletes um, Glens Falls is slated to be was slated last year to have a three-year bid for the fall games uh, about 900 athletes staying in hotel rooms another two or three hundred local athletes Athletes. So a little over a thousand athletes, eleven hundred athletes that would have been training, competing in seven uh, fall sports, and we're hoping this year, but it's tough. I um, there's right now we're um, hoping that COVID the numbers continue to go down and right. everybody gets vaccinated, and that we probably by midsummer we're, our goal is to be at athletes training in groups of up to fifty. Um, but okay. I just don't like, I, I want to be optimistic. I am really optimistic, but I don't know that we're going to be ready to have 900 people stay overnight in hotel rooms here in the area, uh, by this October. Um, I, nothing would make me happier right. uh, than that to happen. But I, I just, it's a, it all depends right now. Our numbers are not going down that much, even though the, the, um, the, the, number of people vaccinated has risen great. Warren County, I think, is one of the highest um, highest uh, vaccination rates in the state. Um, and so that is great news. But still, our, our community numbers are too high, and so we'll, we'll have to play it by ear. Okay. We'll continue to fight this battle and, yeah. and see where it takes us and yeah. remain hopeful. Right. It's important for sure. Absolutely. That is, that's just all so very exciting. And I will, in our um, 
episode notes link to any information oh, that will help sure. people uh, be able to find out how they can participate and what role they can we play. We have some local heroes already here in Glens. I mean, most people don't realize it, right? There was a winter, a very small winter competition at West Mountain uh, where they did cross-country skiing and downhill skiing right okay. at the face of the mountain. Um, the, the Montgomery's are great people and we've yes. been we've been doing a, a regional event there for many years there's probably 250 uh, athletes that will do summer in one way whether it be at home or small in-person groups uh this year um okay. so uh, we've got a golfer um uh ben Purick and chad uh hildreth uh, two golfers from the area that golf better than I do. Oh, uh, yeah? They, oh, yeah, absolutely. Ben scores at Highland, scores in the mid-80s. I mean, it's nice. it's it's something to watch. It yeah, really that's yeah. fantastic. I love that. <laughs> wow. So talk a little bit about your life as an entrepreneur. Let's hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, it's, I, I don't know uh, what to say. I, I've been a small-time screen printer for a, a long time here in Glens Falls, and I used to, I'd be the guy that you took a dozen uh, softball jerseys to and you wanted to print them. I was printing out of my home forever, okay. ever in a day. So was it just uh, an idea of, um, you know, you, you thought one day, what can I do to, to make, you know, make some extra, yeah. add some extra funds to the budget? Or did you, did you have this, you know, this idea and said, oh, and well, this I, could make us extra music, money? I've been a music lover for a long time. And I used to make t-shirts when I was in high school and in okay. college. I would, uh, I would do album covers on t-shirts and sell them. And, uh, and then I, um, I, geez, I, I don't know, should I admit this? So I, I used to go and listen to the Grateful Dead. I, um, I used to make tie dyes and sell them at okay. Grateful Dead <laughs> concerts when I was a young man before I met my wife and had kids and, uh, and the Grateful Dead actually played here in 1979. I was ninth grade. Um, my parents probably rolled their eyes. Uh, if they were alive, they would be having a good chuckle at this. So, um, I, I went to see the Grateful Dead and 1979 at the Glens Falls Civic Center. It was it was quite the quite the community of that, <laughs> no doubt. So anyway, I you know I, I used to make T-shirts. I used to I am a hack artist at best, um, and I was uh, making T-shirts and and I used to do a lot of band stuff. And there's a great artist and musician, Kevin McCrell. Uh, the McCrells played out yeah. of Saratoga in the Parting Glass yeah. forever. And Kevin called me one day and said, there is an Irish festival at the Glens Falls Civic Center. This is like uh, the week before St. Patrick's Day. And I, I'd like, I'd been doing shirts for the McCrells and said, we'd love you to do it. And I said, I don't have um, time, uh, Kevin, I'll make the shirts for you. You sell them as you always do. And he said, oh, come on, please. And it's for the Red Cross and your cousin, Andy. So Andy Collins uh, used to be the CEO uh, of the Red Cross here on Warren Street. Okay. And and uh, they, it was all for them, uh, and so I, I reluctantly agreed. And we had a few designs that I had done, a peace sign done in a Celtic knot uh, for Kevin, one of his CDs. Uh, he had done some artwork. He's a great artist as well as a musician. So we sold about $5,000 worth of T-shirts in nice. an afternoon at probably the worst Irish festival that ever existed anywhere <laughs> here at the Glens Falls Civic Center. They only had uh, Miller Light or uh, Bud Light and Bud for sale, and all these people were looking for Guinness. It was so funny. So 
<laughs> that's how it really, it just, I said, how did that happen? How did, how did that, how did we sell so many shirts? People were looking for something different. And most of my shirts are all just tongue in cheek jokes. Okay. Shirts that say, come out, you coward and fight the six of us. Or, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I prefer to drink my pint in peace, but I can see you're in need of a good beating and I'm always willing to help a poor fellow out. Um, <laughs> I had baby. My wife came out of the shower one day and said, I've got a baby shirt for you. It says, I drink me milk by the pint. And I said, that's perfect. And we, we, and so that's how it all got started. And now we, we sell it, um, at about, uh, 80 Irish and Celtic theme stores across the country. We do about 26 festivals, um, uh, across the country. And, and I'm right now looking for a new screen printer and a new person to do festivals. So, okay. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, so we, it sounds like that entrepreneurial seed was, was down in there in your college days. I suppose and it found so. It's way out. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. I love that story. You know, one thing um, that uh, has kind of been on the radar for the past several months, at least since since COVID started and all the kids started um, having virtual school sessions from home Mm -hmm. is really just parents being able to balance work life, home life. Um, talk a little bit about that as, as a dad. And, and it was, you were fortunately in a position where your wife could stay home and take charge there. Um, but I'm sure that there still was a bit of a tricky balance to be found. So speak to some of our entrepreneurs and even some of our parents now who've got the kids under the roof and are trying to still balance everything. Well, I, I'm, I'm not very political, and I'm much more direct and honest. So I can tell you that I, I don't have much of a work-life um, balance. I, I have, have worked way too much. Uh, my wife and I are just recently empty nesters. Uh, my, my youngest son is now a freshman at RIT. My two older sons graduated from St. Bonaventure and are now living in Manhattan about eight blocks away from each other and both wow. working. And Fun. I'm just excited because they did not come home and they are they are employed and paying off their student loans and I couldn't be I feel like a a blackjack dealer you know where he waves his hands um uh you know to say he doesn't have any cards in his sleeves that's the way I feel with my children right now I'm extremely lucky my wife did such a great job and I just worked all the time Mm -hmm. and probably much more than I should have I it's a little bit of a regret but um it we did what we needed to do Right. And uh, um, I, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I had the benefit Special Olympics, probably one of the most rewarding jobs that a person could have. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really blessed to be able to work that um, much and to, to make that difference. Um, so I'm grateful, but I can't I don't want to profess to have any balance. I really it's sure. it's a struggle. I, I think that. Um, as much as the mayor's job is a huge job that is would overwhelm almost anybody, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, sure. I think it will, if I only work 60 to 70 hours a week, it will be a great relief. Yeah. Right now, um, it does look like that I don't have any challengers. I don't have anybody right. running against me. And so I'm working with Dan Hall to learn everything I can. I'm meeting with him on a weekly basis to suck up all the information that I possibly can. 
Um, I'm finding, I'm looking to hire uh, people to be, I had a full-time screen printer who got during COVID got another job Okay. Um, because I, I almost, I didn't shut down, but we closed uh, pretty much. We couldn't do any festivals. Yeah. We were, no, it, since it last March. Such an impact. I had sure. an employee in Florida at the Cape Coral Irish Festival when they shut the state down oh, last wow. year. And that was the last festival we did. So um, I have sold, we've sold quite a bit online or, and also um, at our uh, uh, wholesale. So that's kept us doors open. But Good. right now I need a full-time person for that. I'm looking for a full-time person to do Irish festivals or Scottish, Irish, and music festivals as the case is. And um, then I'm going to spend my full time just being the mayor. Being the and, mayor. And uh, that is, when I say just being the mayor, I can't believe I say it that right. way. But that's a, that's <laughs> really how that. it feels because I mean, there's just... Um, there's been no balance. I, yeah. I, I don't have any advice for anybody other than well, don't do what I do. I, it, well, exactly, yeah. exactly. So there's the advice. Now, I don't, I don't doubt that you've made some positive impact on your children. And um, from where I stand, I think if our kids um, grow up, get jobs, and sustain themselves and make positive contributions to society. We did something right, yes, right? right? Yeah. But yeah. I, so it sounds like that, that might be, um, your, your response is, um, maybe to make time for that because it does happen fast. The kids yeah. grow up fast. And, you know, if you have a choice between spending time with the kids or taking on those additional hours, Maybe find ways um, to do without or to cut back or just yeah. don't miss those chances to be with your kids. And not everybody can can make that kind of a no, choice. But right. for those who can, um, the, the time goes by fast. Yeah. Oh, way too fast. And I, I brought him with me. I remember my youngest, Aiden, yeah. when he was maybe... 12 or 13 saying, dad, do you think sometime we could take a vacation that didn't have a festival at it? <laughs> I, said, I said, sure, I think we can. I think we can manage that. But uh, so I would, I would take the family with me and uh, let them go and play while I sold t-shirts. Yeah. So, and that's you know. amazing. And the fact that he could even express that, <laughs> yeah. I think it says a lot about you yeah. as a parent and that he could say, Hey, this is kind of what I want. Can yeah. I, can I say that out loud? And, <laughs> that's right. and then you found some some middle ground there. Yeah, sure. That's wonderful. I, I love that. Uh, so um, let's talk about maybe some of the your favorite initiatives, whether it be previously or something you're looking forward to in the city. Can you talk to us about what's been done and uh, what else we might have to look forward to? Sure. Well, any any good mayor um, will, will recognize that they're not necessarily doing work that they're going to see come to fruition. Sure, that you're right. really, if you're doing your job, you're looking at 10 years down the road, right? Yeah. And, um, we've had some fantastic things. So the first thing that I'm, I'm excited that Diana Palmer, the third ward councilwoman and Jim Clark and I, um, we are seeking to, to stay with it and provide some continuity yeah. between one administration and the next. And, and I am, I've worked with those, uh, those two councilmen, um, on our sustainability committee. And we've had probably the, been the busiest committee in the city and the most successful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm really proud of what we're doing. I mean, 
you you think of um, we're about to have new LED streetlights and smart technology throughout the city. Right. Uh, it's a it's a pretty much a done deal. Should be all in and set up by this fall. Nice. And and that has been um, progressing at what the at NIPA, the New York Power Authority, who's helping us manage uh, the contracts and the project. Um, they are saying is blistering fast speed, but that took almost three years. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> and, and that's with with a council that's been completely supportive. It just takes that long yeah. to pull these things together, to look right. at at all the different companies that offer these services, to select the right one. Uh, you're meeting on Tuesday nights. Uh, I don't know the last time I had a Tuesday night off <laughs> because I either have a city council meeting or a sustainability committee meeting. Okay, even during COVID. We're meeting um, all the time and moving these projects forward. So I'm extremely proud of that. And and the other things that so Ed Bartholomew started and uh, created a, a plan and did a study on revitalizing the waterfront. Yes. And right now we've got two grants that are actually we've received the funding for and are and are moving forward. Uh, we'll have uh, I think Jim Clark did speak about this the the a footbridge um, yes. across and so. Uh, we need to clean up uh, Prines Island. We need to mm-hmm. invest in that area. We need to get kayaking down on that river. And yeah. and it, it's cleaned up. the the. There's a foot trail that was there years, many years ago that's all overgrown. Um, we need to get people down there into our, into our Havlin's Cove, right? We need to yeah. clean up Havlin's Cove even more, like remove all the brush that's, that's not in the useful area. I'd love to get some music festivals uh, at Havlin's Cove Wouldn't and get a stage fun? there. Oh, Absolutely. that would be fun. Um, and uh, so there, we're right on the precipice, the DRI, right? I mean, yes. the, the Downtown Revitalization Initiative, um, the first, the major, um, the keystone to it, we'll say, is mm-hmm. is under contract right now. We've, we've narrowed it down to, I think, one company that we're working yep. with. Um, so that's all going to be happening right away. So that's exciting. Um, there are there's so many uh, great things happening uh, in the city. It's it's that. It's, um, you know, there's things that people don't, I think if there's a weakness that we have right now is that we don't tell people enough about all the great stuff that's happening. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, 10 years ago, the city, um, fund balance was less than $500,000, 10, 12 years ago. It's now over almost $5 million. Wonderful. Um, and so we can afford, we need a new fire truck. We need a new fire truck. They only cost $1.4 million. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, um, and because that, that we don't need to borrow the money, we can, we can pay that. Um, there's tons of that stuff. We've cut back um, many departments in the city. Most people have no idea that that's the case. Right. We've raised taxes less than the, in, uh, over the last five years, less than, than the inflation rate in this country. That's and, important. and yet anything's too much, right? I mean, yeah. we raised it to a uh, little over 2% this, this year. And I had mm-hmm. a constituent calling me and really upset. Queensbury didn't sure. raise their taxes. Yeah. And why did we? And yeah. I said, do you realize that, that we have a shoestring budget? We've cut the departments. And, we, uh, and during the worst pandemic in 100 years, we only raised it 2%, which is, a, is it's raised in 10 years. 10 years ago, the... Uh, the tax rate uh, uh, per assessed value was $11 and I want to say 13 cents. It's now 10 years later, $13 and 25 cents, $2 over 10 years. I mean, 
That's I do uh, to any raise in taxes is too much, mm-hmm. but we have to provide services. We gotta right. have clean water. We right. gotta we gotta take care of our environment. Um, we've spent the last 10 years, though DPW and water sewer has, has been um, separating out our storm water from our sewer water. The system, when it was built 80, 90 years ago, it was perfectly fine to, when you were building a, a sewer, to combine that, the storm water, right. into the sewer water. Well, the number of, of extreme uh, storms has tenfold over the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And um, when the water gets too high, the discharge goes into the Hudson River. It was designed that way uh, because uh, 90 years ago, that was perfectly fine to have sewage water right. going into the Hudson River. Right. And it is no longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we've, we've separated now almost 80%. That's street by street. Yes. When we go to, before we pave it, we're separating out that. And that's, you see right now on Dick's Avenue. Right, mm-hmm. everybody who lives right. near right. there is going. And it's Why a process. Are you doing this? Yeah, it's a process, and little by little, I know with our new build, that's something that we've had to address: is the way that the water is going to be separated as we're renovating that bank. That's and right. You want all that storm water to go into your groundwater, right? Mm-hmm. You want it to go into your into your yards and water your thing. Right. You don't want it to. You don't have to pay to process that as sewage, right. and so you've got to separate it out. Right. And like you said, some some things that are happening are kind of um, not on the radar. And one of those things that's happening that's really great is the initiative that um, downtown has put forth to attract new businesses and to help um, current businesses expand. And that's going to help absorb that tax base, which will enable us to keep taxes where they're at and and to be able to help control that. So we need to grow that, right? We got to tie all that in. So you've got the, you've got the, um, the year round farmer's market, which can also be used for music festivals in the afternoons and in the evenings. We've got to, um, like, we're uh, gonna widen uh, that part of Elm Street. I think on both wise should be so we can close those on weekends mm-hmm. and let vendors be in there and get musicians down along that whole area. The you know th- that bringing people in those events, making those bigger, so people want to come down during the days and right. then stick around in the restaurants in the evenings. That's right. That. And that's that's going to add to the vitality of this region, which is going to attract people, but it's also going to help us to retain some yeah. of those individuals that, you know, might want to look elsewhere. And, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot in the works that's helping them to, you know, want to stay here and yeah. want to be part of what we have going on. And um, WorkSmart is excited to be playing a role in all of that. It's 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 um, really invigorating yeah, for sure. It's great. What a beautiful building. Thank you for investing in it. It is my pleasure. Right. We're, we're having a good time. I will never do a construction project again, <laughs> but, but uh, there's a, a lot of positivity surrounding that, and I'm excited for, for what we're creating over there. Yeah. So. Reimagining space, right? Yes. It, right? Isn't that? Absolutely. Reimagining it, much like you guys do when you – you know, when you take on an initiative or when you consider something that's put before you is, is not just for the here and now, but what are the trends for the future? How do we have to be prepared to serve this community? And so I'm doing the same thing. How do we have to be prepared to serve, you know, the needs of um, workers, whether it be self-employed or 
entrepreneurs, um, business startups, remote workers, and really just uh, spent a lot of time trying to identify those trends and then bring what's needed here to Glens Falls so that people have opportunity. And again, hoping to not only just attract people to this region as remote workers or entrepreneur startups, but to be able to retain those people that are here, that are getting that education and want to launch businesses, really trying to support them and saying, you know, it can, it can be done here. And we've got all of the stories to share with you of those who've gone before you and who have done it and all the resources that you need are here and the community that's going to support you is here. Yeah. So many people don't understand that that those services are extremely important and, and people are moving into cities uh, right. across the country. It's not right. just Glens Falls, but we're going to benefit from that, right? You can't, Absolutely. Um, you can't open a set of, uh, redo a building down there and put some apartments in there and you'll have them rented beforehand, right? We, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, workforce housing that we created, right? We, we had the, the building built and uh, had four times more uh, applications than they had apartments, right? They, they literally um, were full before they opened their doors. Yeah. And that's proof. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Yeah. And not just high end, right? We need we right. need both. You don't we need do just need high end. You need you need workforce housing. You yep. need uh, support services. You need the water and sewer and and your infrastructure. Um, all of it. Yeah. That's that's all part of that ecosystem and the sustainability. Even you know those resources that you speak of people needing, and some of those are tangible resources and printers and the Wi-Fi connection and the lighting. And rather than saying you know, everybody go set up in your own separate offices and, and, and invest in all of those resources. We're, we're investing in those resources so that they're available in one place at WorkSmart and really boosting that sustainability piece of, you know, really shrinking our footprint there. Yeah. Well, and there's there's huge money in um, the one estimate had uh, the the sustainability market would grow from 2019 uh, eight billion dollars to 2024 28 billion dollars. Um, the state has made huge um, goals of becoming uh, cl- climate neutral by 2050, mm-hmm. okay. and I don't know how how. Um, how reasonable that is or how possible it is, but I know that there's funding down there. So we've, we've added, um, uh, 24, um, uh, charging stations for, right? for cars. Yes, right. And, yeah. and, uh, we need to look at, at where we're going to be 10, 20 years down the road. Right. We, right. we, we have to be looking at that and taking advantage. Um, the state and the federal government are oceans of grant money. And you don't go to the ocean with a paper cup. Right. Go to the ocean <laughs> with a dump truck. And uh, and city is already being known uh, throughout the uh, sustainability uh, groups uh, as a progressive thinking. Uh, you know, we've got the sustainability committee. We've done. Right. We've done a microgrid study. We've done the uh, the. We'll have the LED street lights with smart city technology throughout the city soon. Uh, we've got the uh, the energy. Again, uh, plug-in stations, 24 of them scattered around the city right now. Mm-hmm. And there's money for more and more. What are we looking at? We've got a, a small grant for $100,000 to to look at year-round farming uh, using um, uh, uh, 
agriculture, um, uh, water. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the, I'm struggling to think of, it's uh, it's about growing in water um, year round instead of how can farmers have a longer grow season. So we've got the lights and the- Is um, it the hydroponic? Hydroponic, sorry, yeah. thank That's you. That's okay. I'm struggling yeah. with my words. I, you know, I hesitated to say it because I'm not, <laughs> yeah. is it, that the, is this what has, we're looking and for? And it has nothing to do with the current reg- legislation for marijuana. Um, mm-hmm. we, we did not know that legislation was going. It was more of a grant that was looking at utilizing technology and helping an industry such as sustainability. Mm-hmm. And so we said, how many farmers in the area struggle with the very short grow season here? Right. And, and it was a small grant with a technology company partnering with us to look at um, if we had a room. And so we're basically going to use an empty room that's in one of our storefronts here in Glens Falls and and see uh, in 20 f- square feet what we can grow nice. and, and, and what kind of return we can get for leafy greens. Okay. And could we sell them at the local fu- farmer's market farmer's and create market. a market uh, or a model that a local farmer could then go, okay, this is what my investment would be and this is what my returns could be mm-hmm. and I could now grow year round. Hopefully, utilizing an empty space in, in downtown Glens Falls. Is nice. That's important. That proof of concept yeah. is important. Yeah. So. It's a very small grant, but that's the idea. Yeah, but yeah. that's where you start, right? And, and we're not, and we're not kicking in. Um, it's not costing taxpayers a lot of money. We got grant money to cover uh, almost all of it, and then the technology company has to cover part of it too. So okay, so it'll be very, very little, if anything, uh, before we're done. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate your efforts. I appreciate all. I really enjoy sitting down with each of you from the Common Council and finding out what you're doing. And I feel like it's uh, some insider information, but the information is there. And um, hopefully this is part of letting people know what's going on, shining a light on your guys' efforts and uh, how you're helping Glens Falls move forward and making this a community where we can live, work, and play. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, anybody who's, who's out there wants to, you can reach me at uh, B. Collins at Collins for Mayor or just collinsformayor.com on the website. And um, I will be glad to email you and, and share any information or ask you to, I, I really am about to uh, open up a bunch of Zoom uh, meetings with constituents because I can't meet with them in person. Right, so right. We're, we'll be doing that through um, uh, the end of April and May and into June until we can get back into person. So we're going to have a, a group of of calls from anybody who wants. Uh, we're just not going to post the Zoom, uh, the Zoom uh, number online though, uh-huh. so that we don't get Zoom bombed. Right. Yes. Um, so, as as so recently happened. <laughs> anybody wants to send me an email, um, and we'd be glad to invite you in. You can ask any questions that you, you've got or learn about uh, what we're, we're hoping, what we're planning for. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I will link to that in the episode notes. And if there's any way as you get closer to those opportunities that we can help you get the word out, please don't Uh, hesitate to let me know. I'll send you an email and then you can share it with anybody. It's just, we're, we're just not putting it directly online so that we just want to have a pleasant experience. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
Bill, it's been so great to sit down and get to know you. Oh, I really you. appreciate your time. It means the world to me. And uh, for our listeners, um, please don't hesitate to reach out, whether you want to connect with Bill or whether you want to connect with us here at JustOffGlenn at gmail.com. And uh, let us know what you're thinking and let us know how we can continue to support you. And we will meet you again just off Glen. Thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded at WorkSmart Coworking and Meeting Space in downtown Glens Falls and produced by Black Mountain Visuals. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Join us again next time. We'll meet just off Glen.